Partnerships form not when the when you have the deal. Partnerships form because the relationship forms way before you have a deal, right? right? When I look for a good deal and I'm gonna bring a partner on, there are people that I already know in my network that would be interested in partnering, right. would be interested in going in. I know what they are looking for, they know what I'm doing. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and we're here with my man, Dave Savolich, for another segment of Whiskey Wednesday. These are our short, sweet, kind of to-the-point episodes where we're going to talk about some trending topics, things that are growing on in our world, and what we're up to, and then answer a couple of your guys' questions. So if you have questions, make sure you send them in. We love to get them answered live on these episodes. It's really fun for us. Before we start, Dave, did you see the old... Uh, I, I know. know. You saw him, dude. Vodacy, my I main know. man, Jacob, our acquisitions manager. I don't know if you guys can see that, our Vodacy and whiskey glasses and my favorite buffalo trace whiskey so we're moving each, each episode we today. get better and better i know i know we're, we're up like, in the we're game like a little bit game. Yeah. you know jacob yeah. came in over the holidays and got us <laughs> some inscribed <laughs> whiskey glasses heck yes jeez i'm excited so this well, is gonna be a good one let's get let's all right what let's we get got started today? we're uh, doing something new this year uh, i'm pretty excited about it so every single month we're gonna have a vodacy meetup and really what that means is <laughs> we are gonna go you and i are gonna travel to a different location every month and the local members within i'm sure a couple hours drive will give them the opportunity to come and meet with us for yeah. three or four hours we'll have some food and some appetizers hang out get a chance to you know meet one-on-one -on -one with our members and really it's more important too i think they have the opportunity to meet with each other network yes. know who's local in their areas talk to each other um, our first one is going to be in dallas this week this thursday we're coming up a few days from now next month we'll be in nashville we're going out you're actually going to speak at a big uh, str wealth uh, convention and yeah. we're excited about that so we'll do a meet up there and then in march we're going to go to colorado so that's pretty exciting i I I'm think excited. that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. We usually do the one or two Vodacy Live events. These are members only only events that we put on for our members. And mm -hmm. again, like you said, we get together, we talk about all things short-term rentals, but really we like to network and it's fun. And so this year we thought, okay, we're going to go to different areas of the country. Right. Every single month we're going to pick somewhere else to go and, and get together and on us and have a day of yeah. you know, networking and just just enjoying each other's company. I think that what we're going to do, so those of you listening, pay attention to Vodacy.com and we'll start posting these. The first few are members only what we thought of doing is starting to plan them out where we have one day non-members and so right. we can network with local investors in the area that are do not part of our Odyssey yeah. mentorship program and then tag on so if we're in town let's do that like have yeah. a little workshop and then get together with our members and, and network and you know form those relationships because in any sort of endeavor business endeavor investing endeavor having that network of like-minded people that yeah. you surround yourself with yeah. you know some of the professional partners that join us there between lenders and insurance agents and, right. and everything in between that we, you know, with all those professionals that you use when you're investing, it's great to put faces to names and right. network. And so we're excited to hit the road yeah. this year. We're going to some of our um, Some of our resources will be there too. Um, they come, some of our partners yeah. will be there to kind of help. And I think it's really cool. You did one in uh, in Cherry Log, right, mm -hmm. in Georgia, a few months yeah. ago. Today, even today, those members that came, they still interact with each other. A couple of them have partnered on projects. Yes. And I think it's a great networking yeah. thing and, and a way for them to be able to come and ask you questions and talk about some of their challenges and issues. So yeah, you, it's funny those. you mentioned the partnership side of it because so many people ask us, well, what do you, what does it take to, to partner with somebody? How does that look? What is it? What happens? I said, first, you got to get out there. First, yeah. you got to meet people. First, you got to network. Partnerships form not when the, when you have the deal, right? Part, partnerships form because the relationship forms way before you have a deal, right? right? When I look for a good deal and I'm going to bring a partner on, there are people that I already know in my network that would 
would be interested in partnering, right. would be interested in going in. I know what they are looking for. They know what I'm doing. You know it's them, you not, trust them. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. And so, so that's a great point that a lot of these meetups and a lot of our live events, these relationships form and then ultimately business partnerships yeah. form and real yeah. estate partnerships form. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted. We'll, we'll have uh, obviously some content, some videos yep. and some things out on those, but we're really excited. That, that's going to yeah. be awesome. So, okay. So let's talk about a trending topic. Okay. Um, one of the things that, that's kind of come up a little bit lately is um, dialing in the correct revenue projections in a market in order to decide, hey, am I going to make an offer on that property or not? But a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they have to decide, am I getting the right data? Am I getting the right revenue projections? Do I feel confident enough in the numbers to go ahead and make a offer? So I just kind of want to talk about that. How important is that? This is a really loaded up question with a lot of layers so so forgive me for getting a little long-winded for a whiskey wednesday all right so because, all right. so but well, it's, it's important it's one it's the most important thing you're going to do right. on the front end of any sort of investment and there's a lot of mistakes that are made when inexperienced investors are trying to underwrite a deal okay. right and so not all properties perform the same way and so the natural tendency for a lot of investors first is to say okay let's keep it with short-term rentals because that's what we do but it's very similar with any asset class that you're going to invest in and analyze and underwrite. You've got to figure out first, like normally what an, an investor is going to do is say, okay, I'm going to go talk to the realtors, the management partners, those people that are in the game and try to get my revenue projections. Hey, I've got a three, I'm looking at a three bedroom right. property in this market. What is it going to make? Naturally, those experts want to give you a number. They're going to spit out a number, software tools, right? Okay. I'm going to go into STR Insights, BNB Calc, AirDNA, all these different Rabu, all these different STR built software underwriting programs. software data tools that they can plug in an address, plug in the bedroom count, plug in a guest count, and these software tools spit us out a number. Realize that they're those are companies. They're giving you what you want, right. not necessarily what you need. And you don't know as an inexperienced investor, whether that revenue projection or whether that one number that was spit out by a management partner or a software tool, whether that's gonna be accurate or not. And right. here's what I mean by that. Every single market in short-term rentals, it doesn't matter where you go or any, really any asset class, but if you have, do you think all three bedrooms make the same amount of money? Yeah, no way. No, yeah. right? And so your first job as an investor is to underwrite the market itself. And you underwrite it two ways. Do we need to see, okay, I need to analyze all of the properties in the market and I need to figure out kind of the top of the revenue line and the bottom of the revenue. Mm -hmm. And so there's a revenue projection range in that market that says, okay, three bedrooms are making between X and X. And most of the time that range is fairly wide. Right. And so the next problem is, is a lot of people will figure out that range or say, okay, I've got this range and I'm just gonna be conservative and put it somewhere in the middle. Right. Well, that doesn't work either because if you have a beachfront property, you're not gonna be somewhere in the middle. Just right. based on proximity, you're gonna be close to the top. Right. Vice versa, if you're not in a beachfront community, you're never going, you can't say, okay, I'm gonna project all the way top. You might be closer to the bottom, mm -hmm. right? Depending on how far you are away from in proximity. Right. You know, the customer experience, and this is where those software tools and everybody, even realtors, management partners really fall flat. They don't know what type of an experience you're going to put together, right? right? right. We are in the experience business. How are you going to project what your revenue is accurately without really knowing the end game of how you're going to deliver a great experience. Again, there's all these layers. So first, let me just 
let me just start from the beginning. I, I analyze the market itself. I figure out the revenue range. Then what I need to do is go say, okay, what is the average acquisition cost for that type of property that I just that I just ran the revenue projection right. for, right? So if it's a three bedroom in the market, I've got to figure out, okay, I can buy a three bedroom. Let's say it's a, there's gonna be a range that you can buy three bedrooms in that market, maybe on the low side, 250, top side, 300, 350. There's gonna be this range of my acquisition. There's gonna be a revenue range. Then I got to look on the quick surface, say, okay, if I have to make 10% of my acquisition in gross revenue, does that fall somewhere on that revenue right, range? Right. Because that's about my break even. If it falls closer to the top of the revenue range, that might not be as investable of a market for right. me. If it falls, falls to, the, to the bottom, then you and know. then I know I've got some upside, maybe yeah. I'm more interested, right. right? And if it doesn't, you fall in there, then maybe that's a red flag that you might want to move away from. Yeah, right? there's, a, there's something wrong, yeah. right? It, it's, there's gonna be, it's gonna be somewhere on that scale. Yeah. And so it, it, it top to bottom. And so um, you're gonna have to, you have to look at so many different things and then I have to analyze and realistically say, okay, what if, who's my target audience? What is my proximity to the major attractions? What does the house have to add to that unique mm -hmm. experience? What can I do to add to that unique experience? And then based on all of that, where am I going to fall on that revenue range right. line? And right. so when you're running the numbers, it's a lot more involved than people realize. Yeah. And yeah. it's, but it's the first step to your success in any sort of investment is really understanding the investment, understanding what drives revenue in your market. You know, what, what revenue potential you have, you might love to make X amount, but maybe the market itself just doesn't command that type of mm -hmm. money. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, if I could do this, this, and this, I'm going to make all, you know, all this extra money and I'm, most likely you're not setting high watermarks right. in markets. So right. you have to fall within that revenue range. And based on all of that stuff, then you start to underwrite. Right. And it's right. not as easy as just plugging it into a software tool, yeah. calling a realtor, calling a management company where somebody spits out the middle of the market. Because frankly, the middle of the market typically doesn't make money. So right. you'll look at right. a lot of deals and you're going to say, man, I'm sitting on the sidelines and I can't find a good deal and I can't find anything that underwrites. And you're sitting there saying that over and over and over. And what you're really struggling with is figuring out how to find the good deals right. and really how to analyze them correctly so that you know what deals to chase and what deals to walk away right. from. The moral of the story is, one, is super important. You've yeah. got to dial that yeah. in. You've got to put the effort into it. If you know, you've got to work very, very diligently on understanding the market, understanding the numbers, understanding the projections, and secondly, making sure you have a path or a strategy of doing that. Which Vodacy yeah. does have amazing <clears throat> analytic tools and worksheets and stuff that we help them walk right through that process. Yeah, go to what is it? Data Data Sense. You, yeah, STR STR Data Sense dot com. Yep. Yep. So if you go to strdatasense.com, yep. is that it? Yep. Just and look up DataSense on yeah. STR DataSense. We've got our entire underwriting tools available yeah. for people for free. Yep, exactly. Just go through that. For 97 bucks, they can get my whole training on it. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's such an important part of the process. And so go to STR DataSense, dive into that, and yeah. figure out your underwriting. Yeah. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a huge deal in any sort of just the path to success in the very, very beginning. I mean, you can make a lot of adjustments along the way with marketing, setting a property right. up, creating right. different experiences, right. choosing a different target audience if you missed on one. You buy the wrong property in the right, in, in the exactly. wrong market you're, that doesn't have the potential to make money, trouble. it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, awesome, good. Okay, all right, let's get to a couple questions. All right, first okay. question is, how important is it to name your short-term rental? It's not so critical that you're gonna be, okay, if you don't have a great name, you're right. gonna fall flat, right? Yeah. But naming is really important, especially if you can be descriptive with your properties. One of our property, we call it the Stargazer, yeah. right? Because it's in the desert, we've got these beautiful desert night yeah. skies, we've got this rooftop viewing area. It helps us create the experience, but it also helps describe what that experience is going 
going to be? What is somebody going to do? Usually you don't like, I'm not a big fan of calling it like if I'm in Scottsdale calling it or St. George, the desert oasis, right? Right. It, they know they're Everyone. coming to the desert. Everybody <laughs> Every has the property desert, desert oasis. oasis. Yeah. You know, yeah. The beachfront bungalow. Yeah. Eh, that everybody in the beach has those, you yeah. know? So, yeah. but they, if, if it can be very descriptive of your location, right. if it can be descriptive of what the experience is going to be like, I think a name can be really, really powerful in your marketing. Another property that we just hit number one hit with is called the Lakeside Treehouse. Right. Well, that's, that describes what that experience is. The property's on stilts, the house is raised up, you're in the canopy of the trees overlooking, we're lakefront, right? Yeah. So it's called the Lakeside Treehouse. Very descriptive of what that experience is going to be like. If I just called it, you know, know, mountain escape or, you know, Blue Ridge bear cabin in the woods. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, that's not that. It, you, so you think about your name of, and try to name it based on the experience and being as descriptive as possible, because then it can be really powerful in your right. marketing. Exactly. I think names are really important, but you, you've got to, you've got to think them through and try to be as descriptive and unique as possible with them. Right. And, and one thing to add, our stargazer in St. George, we actually just added a hot tub to it. So now in the actual description, the listing, we have Stargazer with private hot tub. Right. And a lot of people, they they want an amenity. They want a hot tub, they want, you know, whatever. And that really sets us apart from everybody else because they know when I go to that property or I'm looking at a property with a hot tub, I know it has a private hot tub. So yeah. that's yeah. another thing. And in that's more listing. headline than Correcting. name, right? right. So exactly. you're putting, you want to put some of the key features or the key amenities right. in the headline. In, yeah. And if you can do that with a name, it's great because it helps, it saves that valuable real estate. It's, right. it's shorter. Yeah, like Lakeside Treehouse. That's easier for me to say because that's the name of the cabin instead of beautiful cabin, lakefront, right. in the trees, you know, like it, it, yeah. like I'm, I can be really descriptive, really short, and then I can put something else on. Good. Okay. All right. Last question. Um, for luxury properties, and I guess, frankly, all properties, short-term rentals, do you like a two or a three-night minimum? I'm a huge two-night minimum fan. Okay. I've just seen it proven over and over and over again that two nights helps you maximize your occupancy. It helps you fill in the gaps. You don't mm -hmm. have, you, you would think you'd have more orphan days. Our experience is exactly the opposite. It allows more flexibility. You're going to typically fill up those weekends, which are your higher, uh, in most markets, those are your higher average nightly rates mm -hmm. quicker if you do two nights and instead of three nights. And then the other thing that we've seen for years now and thousands of bookings, not just a couple, it's not theory, it's right. very, very well proven out and we notice it almost almost exclusively across the board with very, very, very few exceptions is even if you offer a two night minimum, if you're a property or in a market that the average night stay is five nights, you're going to be at or above that average night stay. The market will self-select the longer stays. Right. And so we worry so much that we're not gonna have, we're gonna have all these two night bookings. You're not going to, I'm here yeah. to tell you. Yeah. It, I just yeah. see it over and over and over again. The market will self-select those longer nights. Mm -hmm. But when you give them more flexibility on the front end, they will self-select longer, right. but they're more interested because people, we like flexibility. Yeah. We like to have yeah. options, right? We we like to look at it. And will you get some two night stays? Absolutely. Right. That's okay. But guess what? You're going to have another two night stay right on the back end of it. Right. And your average is going to be whatever that average is in your market. And usually when you have a, a lower night, more flexibility, your average is actually typically usually longer than the average in the market. So luxury property, let's say it's a 10 bedroom property and you're like, why would I, I who would book it for two, two nights, two nights right. right? 
if you offer it for two nights you're, and your average night stay on that type of a property in your market is seven or eight nights, you will find that your average night stay is going to be seven or eight exactly. nights. And so yeah. it's, go, again, it, it just, we've seen it so many times yeah. across the board. And and so I, with very, very few exceptions, well, I, I keep like it, it two night minimum. I like it too, because I personally, there's been so many times when I've looked at properties that I only have the ability to stay two nights, like maybe a Friday and a Saturday night or a Thursday and a Friday night. Mm -hmm. And they have a three night minimum and I don't book it. If it was available, I would have booked it. I, yeah. I literally would have booked that. And I really like those last minutes. Hey, let's get away for the weekend or for a couple nights. And, and that's, you, you get those stays a lot yeah. when you have a two night minimum. And what we typically do is always on our properties is our, our management partners. When we, when we strategize with, I don't manage any of my own properties, but so when I say we do this, it's my management partners right. doing it, but yeah. we're the ones that, we're the ones that set the rules and the expectations with mm -hmm. it. But we have two night minimums. If somebody books two nights on a weekend, we always call them up and we always yeah. offer them the bookends a for a discount. Yeah, exactly. And you would be shocked at how many times they yeah. pick up. Most people don't pick up the front end of it. So if they're coming in on Friday and they're checking their they're Friday and Saturday checking out Sunday, yeah. and we'll say, hey, do you want to come in early on Thursday? We'll give you a discount. Most people can't do that as much, but booking Sunday is almost a given right. most of the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we have a really high take rate on Sunday bookings at a little bit of a discount because we call them back up or we message them and say, hey, we noticed you're coming in Friday, Saturday. You have to check out 10 o'clock Sunday. A lot of people don't like to leave that early Sunday. Right. Why don't I give you a Sunday at a discount, whether you stay in the night or not. Right. You've got you all stay day. stay all day and yeah. you can leave and late. you can leave whenever you home. want. Yeah. yeah. And, mo and most people actually don't stay Sunday night. Yeah. I started doing that because that's how I personally travel. Mm -hmm. Every time I book Friday and Saturday, I always, I always, I always book, book Sunday. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, I started doing it and I would ask them, hey, any sort of a discount to book Sunday? And I start, so I started offering that. But right. I do it mostly because that's, I book that last day always. Especially if you're driving, mm -hmm. you can leave at four or five o'clock instead of yeah. at eight or nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and so the exceptions are, are few and far between, but one that came to mind. So those of you are thinking, what, are, what exceptions? You know, and so we have one of our members that is in a market that is just a weekend market. She has a, it's a, it's for girls weekends in a specific market. She does not book weekdays, uh, hardly ever. It's literally for girls weekends. And so she knows, in fact, like her, her nightly rate on the weekends, for example, is like $800 a night. Her nightly rate in the weekdays, and it still doesn't book is like 150 a night. So mm -hmm. she just doesn't even book. Yeah. She knows that she's not, that's not her target audience. Yeah. They're coming in for a, a girls weekend and she has it set up perfectly for a girls weekend. She has three night minimums. Yeah. And so in that case, she's going to say, I know I need to get these three nights otherwise to, to yeah. make it work yeah, yeah that makes sense in most markets where people book throughout the week two night minimums work beautifully yeah. well that's what we got today buddy okay good, all right let's uh, wrap good it up episode. hey good job man. good check good yes job. man back in action all right first year, I, first year we're excited and like yeah. you know totally motivated yeah, you know absolutely so guys go check out because of our events go check out in fact I don't, it's not live right now but we'll do this dave you hold me to it make all sure right. that on we'll put a tab that says events and so you can go check out a tab that says events see where we're going to be at in january this week we're going to be in dallas then we're in first week of february we're going to be in nashville at the str conference bill faith michael Shogren. they put on a an amazing conference lots of big speakers we're going to be there contributing so if you're in nashville first week of february go check out istr wealth conference and those guys do a great job with a live event so that'll yeah. be fun and then we're going to be in denver the first week of march and then we'll start announcing we try to announce three three months in advance and so we'll bounce around the country look for us come join us those of you that are joining us today we know how valuable your time is and we appreciate it we ask you two things at every episode we don't run ads we don't do any any sort of promotion on 
on here other than ask you for your help in spreading the word. If you think somebody else would like it, share it with somebody that you know, give us a review, give us a thumbs up on whatever platform you're watching on. And the final thing and the most important thing at the end of every episode is pick that one thing you can do today, start building that life you don't wanna take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Cheers, buddy. Cheers.